My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. Uh, I am Apollo, back again with Conservative Daily Podcast. And we've got a really, really cool episode for you. Uh, We are going to be talking about some new information that uh tig for one who you all uh know and i hope love though some of us don't know why uh i'm staring at his face right now as i say this uh but some info about what happened in 2012 uh the at the uh consulate and embassy in benghazi so i want to jump right in and uh, we have a couple guests that we have not had on this show. Sarah Adams, who is a CIA, was a CIA targeter, and uh, they're going to explain what that means, as well as a first name Dave, last name Benton. So let's uh, <laughs> let's bring them on. Welcome, guys. <laughs> I changed your name plate back from uh, Kitten. So. Last name Benton. <laughs> <laughs> so well, if you all don't know, Dave was actually uh, in, in Benghazi. And yeah, he had to carry a tonto the whole entire way. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> I mean, tonto did fall off a wall, so that's probably partially factual. <laughs> but uh, yes. <yeah>, so, <laughs> so Sarah, she was uh, kind of giving back again. I'm, when did we meet first time? We met in South Asia, maybe like 2008, nine ish. Yeah, somewhere around there, and uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, but that's when I started working with her again, just trying to, like, I, I trust what she did, what they did in the book, and, and uh, uh, I want to keep saying this, but, uh, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> what they actually did in the book, so again, just to same, clarify and just give it more, I don't know what do you say, more recognition and more ver- verification, but it's not one of those other books that people put out. Um, especially the, the very first one that came out before we even did a book. Um, <clears throat> but the stuff, again, I was watching Tonto's podcast on, and uh, I was like, holy freaking, I kind of got pissed off here. But, but uh, so there's some new information that they, they dug up that I didn't even know about, Tonto didn't know about. I think Dave knew about um, for since, since that night. Um, <laughs> But, um, it's a steel trap. <laughs> so before you know, people probably wondering what is a CIA targeter, you know, what what is it? What does a targeter do? Yeah, so Sarah's been on our team for a long time. And a lot of people don't realize what a targeter is, but what, uh, what they do outside of the agency and the face-off community, targets don't really exist. 
So what they do is they find, fix, locate, and then put the bad guys on the X. So they can either be um, dealt with lethally, um, incarcerated, and or recruited. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of investigative work, but they're crucial to any counterterrorism operations that go on. Right, and what we did is, um, you know, Dave and I used that, those investigative skills, and we went out and tracked down the attackers who committed the attacks on the U.S. consulate by ourselves. So we've identified over 100 of the attackers by name, photo. We have their current status. So we're trying to get um, different governments to kind of go after them and put them on the X. Awesome. So, yeah. and so how long has it you've been doing working on this investigation since uh, since the attack, or how um, long has this been in the making? We've been doing the uh, attackers since about 2015. 2015, okay. So they're slow. There's a lot of attackers. We're doing our best. We've got more than the U.S. government, so it's a check. Okay, well, I mean, you're you're sitting next to Tig, so he says slow that, you know, he, he should bear that in mind. But uh, we, we, we have a vetting process before we get started. We've already gone through this with Tig. Uh, describe Hillary Clinton in... Uh, five words or less. Ankles. I can't mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said drapes, but. <laughs> You're not yeah, nasty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> can't get nasty woman trending again. Don't do that to us. <laughs> uh, Twitter's full enough right now. But I mean, you know, we could we could maybe maybe we'll do drapes. Maybe we can get drapes drapes Clinton trending. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> never know. I mean, half the stuff she wears looks like a drape. That's our <laughs> closet. What the bathroom curtain? I mean, shower curtain. There's only so many options at the stores. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, before we did <laughs> devolve into a. Uh, into more more jokes about the the lovely woman. Uh, I'll let uh you know Dave or Sarah, whoever wants to start off. I'll let you jump into uh, into some of the things that you found. Well, I guess my biggest thing is get Sarah. I mean, they they kind of know our backstory, uh, me and Dave's backstory. So I think Sarah, kind of give your backstory. Sure. Yeah, I was basically the CIA targeter for Benghazi. So I'm the one that worked with these two. Um, it was wonderful. <laughs> you you saw the guys I worked with. It, it was quite the environment. It was like hazing every day. What are um, you talking about? But um, so I was in Benghazi with them. I left the morning of the attacks for a meeting up in Europe. I came back to country and I stayed for several months and I continued the investigation into the attacks. In later years, um, Trey Gowdy asked me to join the select committee on Benghazi. And so I joined that investigation as well. And then, like I told you, Towards the end of that investigation, um, Luna and I carried out our own investigation, mostly obviously using Libyans to support us as the U.S. government was not investigating the attacks properly. And that's kind of where we are today. We're handing off our investigation and giving it to people who can kind of move it forward. And what... Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, I mean, you know, because I don't want to be cynical about these things, but, you know, we've, we've seen some interesting... Uh, Interesting development from the Justice Department and other branches of our government over the last few years, you know, including the raid on Mar-a-Lago. They're apparently, uh, I heard news, I haven't seen it, but someone's mentioning it, that there were several dozen raids that were uh, conducted yesterday. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but what, what, do, you, what do you expect or what do you hope to, to come from this now that, you've, now that you're handing this over? 
So what we're looking for is justice. Um, obviously, what got us into starting our own investigation in the first place is because the U.S. government did not do a proper investigation. Um, they placed blame on a scapegoat, um, saying Paul was a mastermind, but in fact, they knew he was not the mastermind. So we realized, hey, they're not going to take this serious. They just want to close this case, put it behind it, and move on. So we started our own investigation. So what we're really looking for is justice, justice for the fallen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this far, you know, past the event, I think that's, I mean, deserved is is uh, almost a disgrace to what actually happened, especially after uh, all the statements from Hillary Clinton and other officials and the fact that she's been able to completely uh, get out of this. And, I mean, how many times now have they found extra emails and communications where they're referring to the raid? And, you know, you can contrast that with the media narrative and it's, it's disgraceful to the people who served and, and to the lives lost and the sacrifices that were made. That's an interesting point you bring up about the emails and um, um, some of the things that went on. Uh, what keeps us scratching our heads is Benghazi was never a, um, a scandal until they made it a scandal. There was no reason to cover anything up. There was nothing to cover up. If they had just been honest and transparent in the first place, it never would have had the um, um, negative um, scandal, you know, um, stereotype in the first place. And frankly, if Hillary Clinton would have taken it to Al-Qaeda, she'd be president right now. So she made a huge error in judgment in covering up that it was an Al-Qaeda attack. Which makes no sense. They can't control what goes on. That's, 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 I don't, I've never understood that myself. But, well, I, I think one, I, maybe it's just because Obama, when he said Al-Qaeda was on the run. Who yeah, actually, yeah, so who that actually, narrative. <laughs> because I think we always heard that was Ansar Sharia, not really uh, Al-Qaeda that did the attack. Right, and, and we get into the book and kind of explain that, that the connections of Anshel, um, Al-Sharia, Al-Qaeda, who was really behind it in, in their connections. So All right, so it, tell us more about that. And I want to make sure that I put up the uh, the book, and I'll, I'll do that as you're talking, but uh, who was behind this attack then? So it's, it's complicated, um, it's lengthy, and they, there is a lot in the book. Obviously, we encourage you to uh, read the book, but we'll, we'll give you a little bit. So ultimately, it was Al-Qaeda. Um, ultimately, the main mastermind, main mastermind, main mastermind um, was Zawahari. That's who was actually behind it. Um, but there are um, a large representation of other groups that were involved as well. And so here's the yeah, book. Exactly. It's called Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy, A Cold Case Investigation by Sarah Adams and Dave Benton. And this release is on, uh, on 9-11. Is, is that confirmed? Uh, well, our hope was, but we are now waiting on DOD to approve the book. CIA has approved the book. Oddly, now DOD has to approve the book. So we're waiting on the U.S. government, as always, to um, let us put out the truth. Can we talk about what they do Yeah, sure, of course. So we're just, actually just talking about, again, all kinds of fun stuff. They actually, so the agency went through because they, you know, they used our call signs, not our names. But I guess our names, our call signs are not reclassified, is my guess. <laughs> so they should couldn't put our call signs in their book. Reclassified. And, I, I guess. Well, there's no take in the book. I can promise you that much. We followed the rule and deleted all of them. <laughs> so, well, it, it, it probably, you know, it's probably gonna be a better book now. My name's not true, in it. True, true. I'm just, you know. <laughs> As long as they don't have your picture in it. Oh, yeah. We might have your picture. As long as they got the good side. Which yeah, this ain't the good side. I think we do have a real good picture of you, which I don't think we have. Yeah, yeah. We'll share that with you. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, so uh, the one of the uh, AQ guys that uh, that was the mastermind behind the thing, you and Tonto actually saw him beforehand reporting to Bob. So one of them, yes, you have to understand um, all the different groups that are involved. Uh, there, there's actually two different mastermind attackers, if you will. Um, the consulate attack is a separate attack from the annex attack. So the group who attacked the consulate is not the same group who attacked us at the annex. Mm. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of information. I didn't even know that until right now. So, I mean, you said it's Al-Qaeda. Like, these are two, when you say two different groups, these are two groups, uh, you know, of same ideology, or what are we talking about? So their ideologies do align. Um, there are different Al-Qaeda groups, depending on region, AQI, mm -hmm. AQM, AQIP. Um, so it, it's, it's complicated, but the, the um, connections of all the groups make sense the way it's laid out in the book. Yeah, but really to kind of make it a little clearer, so Al-Qaeda planned an attack to go in and kidnap our ambassador. They obviously weren't able to gain access to him. That's why they started the fire. So then after the team came in and, and like kind of rained hell on them, they bailed and Al-Qaeda was done for the evening. Then another individual, he ran an organization called Libya Shield. He took advantage of the situation and actually um, sent the mortars on the annex. And so he shot those six mortars, killing our two CIA officers. Something you have to understand is that all these attackers have links to each other. Um, they either all fought in Iraq together or they all served in Mussolini prison together. Um, the, the narrative that Al-Qaeda was on the run, that Al-Qaeda wasn't in Libya, was false and incorrect. They were actually thriving in Libya at the time, and they were very strong and getting stronger. Yeah, they're big. They, they had a big uh, training base uh, uh, right, right close to Egypt. What's the, what's the name of that city? We used to go there. They shut it off. Cause it you mean Darna? Dar yeah. Yeah, yes. and we had a lot of attackers. So that's a city east of um, Benghazi, and a lot of attackers actually traveled from Darna into the attacks. We actually had Egyptians travel into the attacks. We had Tunisians. We had French Tunisians. We had a lot of people who fought in Algeria come over and participate in the attacks. So people had several days' notice. They traveled into the city early. They, they got the staging bases during the day on the 11th, and then they were given the go. They went in and carried out the attack. Okay, so I mean, a couple questions from number one, from your perspective, because you know you obviously are uh, are better to, to say than anything, especially given how you know clearly we can trust the media. Why? A couple things. Number one, why the lies from your perspective? Uh, why the lies about them being on the run? These two groups. I mean, it, obviously they're working. You said they're two different groups, but they're working together, obviously. So I mean, what is the you know, wh why are some of these things just, just coming out now, uh, 10 years later? Well, there's numerous reasons. Number one, like Boone said, they never did an effective investigation. They didn't want to. They made the video narrative. Then they had to put a mastermind on the X, so they um, detained Abu Ahmed Patala. He's in prison in the United States as the mastermind. He wasn't the mastermind. He didn't even know about the attacks. He found out as they were going on. He showed up late. He got to the consulate. He hung out outside until Al-Qaeda fled. Then he went into the consulate, and basically the one crime he committed was looting. So that is their mastermind. That's what they want everyone to believe. That's why none of this has come out for 10 years, because they need a mastermind who's not Al-Qaeda. The actual person who was the mastermind of the consulate attack was an individual named Mukhtar Belmukhtar. Very famous in intelligence circles. They didn't want it to get out. 
that he was the mastermind because everybody knew not only was he al-Qaeda, but he fought in Afghanistan. So it actually shows long historic networks involved in the attack. And they were so, definitely on the run just into Libya. Yes, they were, they were running <laughs> all over in Libya. That's what <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you mentioned those, you know, networks that that go back some time. I'm, I don't want to read into this wrong, but is perhaps that's something that they didn't want to cover up the, you know, where those networks actually came from and perhaps who funded them. Sure, um, it, it gets deeper into their strategy for Libya, what their idea um, for Libya was. So. Anything that went against their strategy for Libya, obviously, um, they didn't want to come, you know, see the light of day. So that's where they came up with that false narrative. Um, but the problem is, though, that it wasn't necessary. They could have just said, hey, we didn't know. We got caught with our hands down. We'll deal with it. We'll bring them to justice. And that actually would have um, gave them a better victory, you know, than all the shenanigans that ensued. Yeah, another problem was, as the government of Libya actually was funding most of the terrorists who committed the attack on the consulate. And that's who the U.S. government was backing, and they still are backing him, and they still are funding our terrorists. So they didn't want to admit to a failed policy. Even ten years later, they ten years later they know the government's funding these terrorists. So basically, Libya never set up an army. So what they do is they pay the terrorists to fight for them. So our same attackers are in Tripoli right now, getting paid by the Libyan government to fight for them, and then the U.S. sponsors the government of Libya. So it's a failed policy they had to cover up. Gotcha. And before we go on, we have a new sponsor of the show. That is American Hartford Gold. If you're like us here at Conservative Daily, you are growing more and more and you are concerned about the future. And how could you not be? Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the BBB and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 855-965-5545. That's 855-965-5545 or text the word FREEDOM to 998899. Again, that's 855-965-5545, or text FREEDOM to 998899. Crazy. I've oh. never seen that before. I can't believe the yeah, United States. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where did we ever do that before? Nowhere. <laughs> Not, nope. I can't think one spot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have my reading glasses, so I can't. Uh, I can't. You know, I, I have a list of all the failed policies, but I apparently there aren't any. I don't have the right prescription. Just do the successful policies, and then we can cut this short. Right. <laughs> we done in a minute. <laughs> uh, so I mean, okay. So we have. I mean, obviously, similar things going on in other parts of the world, and I mean, we we have. Now the in, the investigation that you all have been doing, we have these same failed policies. I mean, has the United States done anything different since then? So no, they haven't. <laughs> um, 
some of the attackers have been killed. The funny thing is, though, that the majority of them have been killed by either General Hawkar from the Bolivian National Army, uh, or France, uh, or, or other allied nations. The U.S. has conducted a couple of airstrikes that resulted in a couple of the uh, terrorists being killed, but they had no idea they were Benghazi attackers. And publicly, they have never been identified as being killed because they are Benghazi attackers. And when Boone brings up the Libyan National Army, we just need to make it clear that's the opposition to the Libyan government. So he's actually the opposition right now to the U.S. government. So he's the one killing our attackers, not our allies in Libya. So, Amer so, <laughs> Wait, so the current enemies of the U.S. government are the ones who are currently eliminating the people who carried out this attack against, uh, against the U.S. consulate. Yes, yes. But, but let's be clear. General Hofstar is only an enemy by policy. Right, he's not our enemy. Right, he's, he's actually a hero to me. He's the only one giving us justice. Yeah, I mean, General Hofstar, he's a patriot to his country. He's the, basically the greatest counterterrorism official in the world. Like, he is a badass. We need to send him to places like Afghanistan and fix what we couldn't do there. Like, he's that guy. And he actually needs to reside in the United States. Does he? Yeah, he did. He resides, so not now, but he did reside in the United States. Yeah, he went back home during the revolution to fight and take down Gaddafi. And was it was this before he was by policy the enemy of the United States? We pick and choose our enemies. He apparently wasn't our enemy during the revolution. He now oddly is our enemy. Oh, well, we take out the terrorist attack. Yeah, I guess he becomes your enemy. Yeah, he's doing a better job than us, so we can't ally with him. Makes it makes it makes it look bad. Well, it makes the administration look bad. Does. Okay, so, so my, my, go ahead, go ahead. My thing, let's talk about Billy Bob. <laughs> That's you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was sitting there watching Don, I, I pretty much about to, I think I had the same reaction. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to go back to the standout order that they said was never given, which is holy crap. But I think when I talked to you, after you actually talked to our team leader, and you even brought up the same subject. Didn't he say that we were told? Yeah, well, basically, both your team leaders, the first one from AAA was the first one who told me that Bob was, didn't let you guys go. And then your team leader, when we watched the consulate surveillance video, said Bob wouldn't let you go. He was waiting for 17 Feb, which we know that Bob knew they were coming. Which we didn't know at the time. Yes. So I'll let you tell that about the 17 Feb, which 17 Feb, you guys don't know was the uh, the quick reaction force for the U.S. consulate. They're the ones, again, if they got attacked, they're supposed to show up like the cops. So. Yeah, and basically 17 February Martyrs Brigade, what happened after the revolution, the Libyan government was so weak, it couldn't set up its own security institutions, so they paid militias to do these type of security arrangements for them. So the U.S. government basically contracted with the militia, had terrorists all throughout it, um, in our book, we have basically over 30 attackers who had been members of the 17th February or its cell or follow al Sahati. So we were basically paying this company to protect us and they sent hackers um, to go after us. But as Tig is saying, when the attacks kicked off, Bob made his first phone call to the leader of this group and the leader told him, I'm not sending you any help. Bob knew this was going to happen as well because on the 8th, um, a lot of people know the story about the, on the 9th when two militia leaders said, we're not helping you anymore. But in the 8th, this leader actually told Bob, hey, we're not going to help you in any moves in country, in country anymore. So obviously when he calls three days later, he's like, 
I told you, I'm not sending anybody. I'm not helping you. Bob never told the security team, so they spent all night waiting on 17 February. And the worst is they had a deadly delay while waiting on the annex for 17 February, who they thought was responding to the consulate. Um, and then the fires got started, and unfortunately, we lost you know two officers there. Yeah, because I can't think we'd have left sooner if we set the show up. They never would have been able to set the fire. Because they did the exact same thing, if not engaged even faster. So no, if you guys could, if we could back up a little bit, because, you know, obviously we take, you know, we have people who are all there on the ground and uh, from different perspectives, but um, for some of the listeners who may not be, th- you know, this was 10 years ago, uh, and a lot of our audience has been drawn into now, uh, you know, shows like this and politics because of how quickly things have, have seemed to escalate and, uh, you know, we've transitioned further and further into the Twilight Zone. So if you can give a little bit of backstory uh, since we have all of you here, of how this escalated, you know, obviously we're talking about, uh, for those of you who don't know, the incident that resulted in the uh, death of Ambassador Stevens. But, uh, like, how did, if you could briefly uh, give a little a little history on how do we get up to this point where things have escalated? You mentioned the failed policies, uh, but what, what was the lead-up to this, the, this attack and, and the failures that actually allowed it to happen? I can give my opinion, but they probably know in more detail. Um, no, we love your opinion. Go for it. <laughs> so, again, I, you know, <laughs> being my third trip, I was third trip? I don't even remember now. I think third trip in Benghazi or fourth trip going up on one of, one of the two. Um, State Department is always asking for more security, so obviously they weren't protected. It was kind of considered what we consider a soft target, and I think that's one of the, one of the things that led up to it. And then... Uh, the other thing was Ambassador Stevens coming in now knowing like he his he was the target of a kidnapping. Again, just knowing the target, he only had four but five security guys there that night. Um, they got attacked. The, the consul was attacked twice prior to that, and the second time of the attack, I was there that night. The same thing. Bob wouldn't let us leave, but you know they came in. They said it was a disgruntled uh, 17 Feb guy. Yeah, okay, but blew a big hole in the consulate wall. So again, I think they were just probing. I don't know if that's you guys talked about that at all. But increasingly, also um, the security situation started to deteriorate, um, going all the way back to probably April, even before I was even there. Um, And it slowly started to deteriorate. The black flag started to show up in certain neighborhoods, which was not um, usual. um, The black flag and the the black flag of Al Qaeda. Um, So the situation started to deteriorate rapidly over you know, a six-month period. Um, things were starting to increase, but we didn't have any direct threat reporting on the consulate or the annex for that night. But it still wasn't a good time to be in Benghazi. There were increasing attacks. Um, the Brits were pulling out. Um, Red Crescent was no longer there. A lot of the NGOs were pulling, NGOs were pulling out of the area. Several other embassies left. Um, the French no longer operated there. So increasingly, it, it became worse and worse. So um, it was naive not to think something wouldn't happen. We just didn't know when it would happen. Yeah, but you know, the elections was going on. So about a, it's more like you were talking about earlier. Elections on the 12, right? Yeah. yeah, it's more about politics than, than actual terrorists. The going after the oh yeah, oh, so we thought you meant the Libyan elections because there well, were that too. there were yeah. Libyan elections on September 12th, and that actually played into why some 
of the attackers got involved in the attacks because the U.S. was supporting the candidate that wanted to eliminate the militias. So the, so the Libyan elections actually played a role. It just kind of got muted because everybody focused on the U.S. elections. Gotcha. You also have to look at what was going on in the region at that time. Um, you know, Benghazi actually made the news, but Egypt never made the news. Yemen never made the news. Um, Tunisia never made the news. There were other incidents during that time frame. Sorry, Axel's getting involved in the video. <laughs> oh, hey, Axel. No, it's all right. He can, I can get, I'll give him a, I'll give him a name play. I'll give him puppy. Uh, but that, that's actually, if, if you guys, you know, we, we have a little bit of time. If, if you think it would, it would be, uh, you know, helpful for people to understand, because it's a very volatile region. And there was just as there is now, there's there a lot going on that, as you said, it doesn't really get uh, much attention because of the focus, especially in our news cycle, on the on the u.s side of things so uh, you know if you can give a little bit of of background into you know kind of all the regional uh dynamics and the infighting and all these different uh you know factions because it's a it's a very complex uh you know period of history uh, and it, it doesn't it doesn't really get the the story doesn't get told in <laughs> in in too much depth because of you know obviously their need to cover up things and you know, play a certain narrative very much like what we see now. Yeah, I really think one of the key things to understand is during the Libyan revolution, all the terrorists basically, if they hadn't been released in the years prior, the U.S. actually did a huge push in um, starting in 2007, and then the releases started in 2008, 2010. We basically pushed Gaddafi to release these terrorists from prison. We thought they were political prisoners. Um, so Gaddafi wanted to have um, open relations with us. He was removed from the terrorist watch list. So he started releasing prisoners from Abu Salim prison to appease us and, and released a couple hundred. When the revolution kicked off, they were the strongest base of the revolution. A lot of people think, oh, the citizens rose up. The citizens didn't rise up. The terrorists said, hey, we're out of prison. We're now going to take it to Gaddafi. And they talked the citizens, obviously, into toppling Gaddafi with them. So one of the problems is when we went in to support the revolution, then obviously we were supporting the terrorists. Terrorists, too, right? We didn't choose, like, you're the good militia guy, you're the bad militia guy. We're like, hey, we're just here to support you, topple him. And we didn't make plans for what to do with all those terrorists um, after the revolution. And obviously when it kicked off, they went back into the prison that broke up the rest of the terrorists. Now we have thousands of terrorists, Gaddafi locked up for being Al-Qaeda, leaving an Islamic fighting group, um, Egyptian Islamic Jihad, you know, Al-Qaeda in North Africa. So Al-Qaeda in Iraq, they're now all out in the streets fighting him and then we're actually supporting them so that's kind of where that started then those um attackers and terrorists basically became the most powerful men in the country they ran these huge militias the government had to pay them to keep them from going and taking over the government so they became actually the power base in libya and caused most of the problems and then they got away with things right so they attacked our um consulate they got away with it two years later they captured the ambassador to jordan they got um, a very senior al-qaeda in iraq um, terrorist released 
got away with it. Um, three of the Benghazi attackers actually participated in his kidnapping. So they keep getting away with it because they're funded by the government of Libya. So we don't go in there and go after them, obviously, because we're allied with the government of Libya. And so the terrorist base just gets stronger and stronger and stronger in the country. The only reason the terrorists haven't taken over Libya is the General Haftar. He went in starting in 2014. So from 2014 to 2017, it took him three years to rid Benghazi of terrorists. He lost 8,000 soldiers during that time. Um, but it's the only reason it's not a terrorist state today, because he went in and started counterterrorism operations against the terrorists. And he's still now trying to do it. So he started his operations in the east. He killed a lot of them. The ones who survived moved to the west. They're all around Tripoli now. Government of Libya is paying for them to fight General Haftar, and he's now trying to eradicate the capital of the terrorists. And as we see the continued assault on our privacy, on our freedoms, and the information war we find ourselves in, it's always important to protect your online activity. So if you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, or maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, if you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode will not solve the problem. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners of Conservative Daily Podcast, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you're getting nine months for free. On top of that, it's an awesome deal. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's running. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch everything you search for and everything you buy take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot go to ipvanish.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings that's ipvanish dot com forward slash daily you know why does the (laughs) 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 no you you just wrapped it all up I did (laughs) I, I should have known it. I just have a couple of paragraphs and I know the whole history. <laughs> Thank you for your, your insight. Uh, I wish that I could, I could speak so, so eloquently about it. Cause in my head, it's like over several years, I've been seeing all these things. Um, but so I have a question before, you know, kind of not off topic, but why does the American government seem to like to work with terrorists? Like what is the, what is the polit- political end goal here? It's a good question. <laughs> Not an easy one, but... but <laughs> Historically, it, it's the way we've done business and it's gotten us in trouble. Um, it's a band-aid. It, it fixes a problem we have short-term. And then after that, you know, we leave it and we allow it to fester. Then 10, 15, 20 years, it bites us in the ass. It's like us having to go back into Afghanistan. It's just the way we do business. Right, and we did the same in Iraq. The problem is we create these problems... We leave it. We tell the countries, hey, you handle it. And they're like, we don't have the capabilities to handle it. And then we have to go back in and try to fix it. So 
Yeah, we like to make messes. We're like a wrecking ball. It's kind of Miley Cyrus. We'll break in case you know. We'll break in case of emergency. Otherwise, stay the freaking hell out. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna make it's a meme silly. of uh, Hillary of uh, Hillary Clinton's face on the Miley wrecking ball meme. That'd be awesome. I actually have that. You have? Oh, you have! I should have known. I, I think I have that meme. That exists. I, I, yeah, it exists. Wow. I'm swinging on the wrecking ball. Oh yeah. I, I'm not as creative as I thought I was. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> okay, so can so we? What, uh, or go ahead. Go ahead, Tig. Well, I'm. I don't want. Obviously, I'd rather people read the books. I'm just trying to. But um, obviously, people are going to ask, "What about the other? What about the military? Why did the military come?" Yeah. In no. Oh no, it's 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 pretty basic why the military come. We obviously didn't spend much time on it because um, it wasn't really that interesting. So what happened is, and this is a little embarrassing, um, basically around one in the morning, there was a Facebook post that there was going to be an attack on the U.S. Embassy in Tripoli. So our whole government basically were kind of like dogs with their ball, right? And they're like, ooh, like a new target. And they all focused on protecting the embassy in Tripoli, which now was an empty building because those people then moved over to the CIA in Tripoli. Um, and so every resource focus moved to Tripoli. They didn't even know an attack was still ongoing. I've talked to tons of people in the government at the time, and they're like, well, yeah, we are focused on Tripoli. Like, something was still going on in Benghazi. They were shocked when, like, the mortars happened because they're like, oh, we didn't know we thought Benghazi was over. So they just completely lost focus. They didn't meet any timelines anyway, even if they stayed focused on Benghazi. Um, you know, there's a great video by um, one of the congressmen on my committee, Rep Roscom, and he has it. It's on YouTube. And he actually lays out minute by minute kind of the timeline of DOD's response and it's almost embarrassing um, in a video just to see they didn't even get to a staging base until like 24 hours and this is a team in Croatia it took the team in Croatia 24 hours to get to a staging base so they weren't even close to getting to Libya it was just complete incompetence on, at every level in the DOD so we don't even focus on the DOD in our book we haven't what they did in the timeline or the lack of what they did in the timeline but we just focus on the, the, the terrorists and the attackers because that's who we need to go after now. People spent years kind of going after state, going after duty. Nothing happened. I don't think any of them improved anything. Nobody actually cared to really do, hey, here's a lessons learned from Benghazi. Like, let's fix our organization. So fine, you don't want to fix your organizations. You're just going to keep failing and making the same mistakes. Just, just to add to um, what Sarah's saying about the DOD. So the DOD never got orders to ever go to Benghazi because Tripoli did become focus so when they did get orders it was only to go to Tripoli um, as Tig and I and the rest of the team were arriving at Germany we actually passed a counterterrorism team that would have been or should have been coming to support us you know they're just yeah. sitting there in the airport you know waiting waiting for someone to allow them to, to you know uh, move forward you know to Tripoli or Benghazi um, also I had a chance probably about two two three years ago just by chance um, running into the commander of that counterterrorism force at that time, and he actually told me, he's like, one, we didn't even know you guys were in Benghazi, and then two, when we found out, we got the order, we thought it was over, and three, they never gave us orders to go to Benghazi anyway. It was only two go to Tripoli. That's the thing I always said. If the military knew what was going on, I think they would have showed up. Oh, absolutely. Or yeah. oh, tried to head towards it. Yeah. Yeah. They moved too slow to get there, but... I mean, there's, there, well, there's one SIP commander that I talked to that said they were right there in the, in the AO. But again, they got 
same thing. Well, there's nothing going on. It's over. Turn around. It's probably at the same time, about one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And but bless them. Then they then they heard no. We were still getting hit. Like what the hell? We were we were there. I was like, well, we didn't need you. We needed air cover. And one of the issues too was so when state before the consulate was evacuated, they were really good at reporting out and attacks occurring. Here's what's happening. When the consulate was evacuated, everybody moved to the annex. The CIA did a horrible job of reporting that attacks were ongoing. So they weren't actually sharing with people that it was ongoing. So that's why a lot of people also didn't know that it was happening. So it was really downplayed by Bob and the CIA. And then their team leader in the CIA both downplayed the rest of the attacks the rest of the night. So it really is a CIA failure, too. I think I got a dog. Yeah, I think you did. He hates, he hates dogs, he says. He's, <laughs> he... <laughs> we put him on, uh, have him do the bite suit. He can wear the bite suit. It's right. They're actually, Let's do it. he gets to do it tomorrow. We actually, there's, a, there's a company that's bringing the whole bite suit, so he gets to do a, do a bite for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so in the, you know, we have the the very theatric, you know, uh, the movie Thirteen Hours, right? I know, I've spoken with you, Tig, how they're just mag dumping and all this stuff. But they also in the movie they do include, uh, you know, a, a bit about the fact that they can't reveal that they're there. Is that kind of the CIA failure that that you're talking about, or is it is it a little bit deeper than that? Which I suspect. No, it's not that the CIA wasn't there. They weren't pumping out the information to tell everybody the attacks were ongoing because now it was their job to report it because the State Department had been reporting it, but obviously the consulate's closed, so now it went out, the responsibility fell on the CIA to share with the community, hey, attacks are still ongoing or being attacked here. Um, I think one of the communications sent out by the team leader said, oh, no, don't worry about it, it's just pop shots. Um, so they were, de- I mean, he was in the building. To him, maybe it felt like pop shots because he wasn't out fighting with them. But unfortunately, because it was downplayed, a lot of the community did think the attacks were over. So... Hold on, is now just popped up my head. If I don't TB out, it make me lose it. So you remember the conversation that me and uh, the, team, the team leader had in the middle of the firefight on the radio, saying that uh, that 17th Feb said sh- that we were shooting at them. Right. So if they knew 17th Feb was never freaking coming. Well, that was one of our concerns. Was hey, are these yeah. terrorists rolling up? You know, or we would fire on them if they were, or is it 17th Feb? We don't. Know but they knew they were never coming. Right, so I guess you made that up. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going, well, I'll tell them we'll stop shooting at them as soon as they stop shooting at us. Right. <laughs> it's just like, so that, I don't know why it just popped in my head. I'm like going, what, why in the hell would they even bring that up? Then? Why did he come on the radio? A, a lot of those failures really were lack of RTL, which we didn't know at the time. We would dealt with it, and then our COD not reporting accurate information to hire. So it's a good thing they got the Intel star. They got awarded. That's all that matters in the government. <laughs> Which, if you don't know, the Intel Star is equivalent to the Medal of Honor. So, what a horseshit. Horseshit. <laughs> <Just so freaking, laughs> it's so irritating. <laughs> uh, we, we, we laughed a lot, but just for your, your peace of mind, you know, viewing audience so they understand, like, laughter is the best medicine. You know, that's the way that we deal with some of these um, crazy antics, these bad things that happen. It, it's laughter. So, that really helps get you. So it's not that we make light of it. It's just like it's, it's how we deal with it. Yeah. Damn well, I mean, you, damn you. 
Well, I mean, you know, especially in, uh, <laughs> especially in lines like yours, uh, I mean, how, how do you not? I mean, there's a, I, I think it's kind of funny because one thing I want to point out is you all come from a, a very, you know, difficult line of work. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, you know, our culture nowadays, you got to be like oppressed as soon as you walk down the street. And so, you know, I think to uh, <laughs> to see you all laughing about it, uh, probably not this op- audience, but you know, some some may kind of shake their head at that. Uh, but I mean, these are these are trying times, and we've seen a lot in this country. And th- this is something that they want to do is, is like rob us of our ability to you know to have humor and and to you know experience things in this way. Uh, so I, I just think it's. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I've actually heard people uh, mention people who are in the intelligence community or have service backgrounds like this uh, in special forces or whatever it may be, and they, they find some kind of is- issue like that because I guess they want all of you to be uh, the – I'm trying not to swear – to you know be the, the kittenized uh, you know, version of, <laughs> of uh, personalities that everyone – uh, all the young people in America these days are. They don't. They don't want the masculinity. <laughs> yeah, the toxic I'm thing. I'm just masculinity everywhere I go. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah, you're, you're you're exuding a little bit of toxic masculinity right now. So you know, if we could just. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the hazing. It must have been the hazing. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, when you work in the CIA, you can't go home and say you had a bad day. You kind of get used to it. <laughs> how, how long did actually? take you to put the book together which had all the information you wanted it such a good 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 hey uh tig go ahead can you uh call that phone number i don't know what just happened with your audio sorry guys give us one second i'm not sure what the heck just happened This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar- massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off 
everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Hold on, hold on there, Tig. Oh. Okay, can you hear us now? Okay. Okay. Do I got to mute my computer? Do I got to mute my computer? Uh, uh, crap. Uh, crap. Yeah, you do. Crap. Yep. Yeah, you do. Ah. Okay, perfect. Great. <laughs> no, the, uh, I, I think the, the CIA just got pissed that I used the word kittenized or something. They... Uh, they they totally derailed your audio. Yeah, this actually happened to me twice. So maybe that is what is happening. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so what I was asking, I heard like how long it took you to put the book together. Yeah, so I mean, it only took probably about several months to actually put it in book form. It's been um, since August of last year. We've actually been waiting approvals to put that book out. So that's the slowest process. Um, in the book, basically made benchmarks for the attackers we're going to put in so who obviously were confirmed that we had photos of we knew their true names so we just dropped the profile of all the terrorists we found so i remember I was, again i'm just going off what i was inspired to, they're opening the door over here no but um, locked the door and now he caused <laughs> chaos so he doesn't follow the rules so we're actually right now just so you, people know we're actually in orlando florida um, at a, a Warrior Shield, they were doing a fundraiser for uh, wheelchairs, wheelchairs for vets, where they build uh, motorized wheelchairs for veterans to get out and go and do it. Just be down inside the uh, concrete city, I guess you call it. So that's what we're at. So you know, a bunch of drunk bikers out here right now. So it's, it's been yeah. D, you know, Homeland Security guys. So he's kind of weird. So <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> he's retiring. Give him a break. He, well, he did retire. Now he's a Girl Scout. A Girl Scout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're you're hugging it. You're gonna join the the Girl Scout brigade, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> a Boy Scout that attacked the consulate. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we really did. <laughs> yeah. An adult Boy Scout. Oh nice. Yes, there are other scouts in Libya, and he is a big scout leader, and he attacked. <laughs> They sent the best of the best. They just, they just better, better than better. What, <laughs> what can I say? So I, I, I'm wait, I want to read the book. I want to know what's in the book. Uh, I can't believe a Marine did this kind of investigation, but I know she <laughs> 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 <He's just laughs> <a> Marine. <laughs> Definitely did all the <laughs> He was just if any bad guy came after me, he'd be like, we've all lost. <laughs> so, okay, so where, can the, where do they find the book when it does come out? What's that? Where do they find the book when it does come out? I mean, you'll be able to get it on Amazon. I mean, we'll have it in bookstores. We're going to have a print copy, ebook, and then we're going to eventually make an audiobook when we find someone who can read all the names in our book. <laughs> we got like thousands of names. We have over 50 terrorist groups, um, a lot of locations. So it's a pretty heavy read. That's all right. So heavy reads are good. So, yeah, Tig's going to. Do you have a picture <laughs> version for Tig? Marines. Thank you. I, yeah. I was getting worried. Don't worry. We thought <laughs> of you. 
It's got to be. We sexy. care about our community. Well, like I tell people, they ask, did you write the book? Like, no. If I wrote the book, it'd be a freaking pop-up. <laughs> 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 we'll get we'll we'll get a uh, version that that Axel can read. <laughs> hey, that's rude. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, I'm just. What else do you think? Without getting divulging too much. Don't worry, we have so much content in there, we can't even over divulge. I would just say, like, what was one other thing that people don't know but would so want? So, a lot of what you're going to see in the book is that um, these terrorists go way back. Um, some of them go back to Afghanistan in the 80s, and the um, others were heavily involved in Iraq. Um, these same terrorists that attacked us actually were incarcerated before. They were they were able to attack us, and then they were able to go on and commit other well-known terrorist attacks, like Charlie Hebdo, in um, the uh, theater in France. These are all the same guys, just because we didn't deal with them first time. Yeah, and another thing is, you know, we have the title of the book, Know Thy Enemy. It's almost like a little play on words, right, because the U.S. didn't know their enemy the night of the attack. Um, if anyone read the Benghazi report, which I know um, I learned my mom did, Boone did, Chantu did, and you read the first 10 pages, um, nobody else in the whole world read it. If you read it, you would have seen that it was actually Gaddafi forces who helped um, our team, you know, lead the annex that night. Again, right, that's our enemy, but our enemy was the only one that kind of came um, and rescued us that night and got involved in the rescue. Um, so it just shows all the failed policies we had. Everyone we thought were allies were basically the ones who attacked us. They still... Um, are a threat to us, and we're still allied with, with the people who aid and abet them and fund them. So we just really want people to kind of understand the bigger problem. Um, you know, the enemy is not just the terrorists, the enemy is within. We are the ones kind of supporting this movement of the terrorists, and it is something that needs to be handled. Support our own attackers. Well, I mean, this is kind of, this is something one. that we've seen a lot now, oh. right? Sorry, go ahead, that's in the book. I talk about with these guys, but about what happened with the U.S. ambassador. So they go more detail about about what happened to him uh, versus about what versus what the media actually talks about. So that's in that's in their book. That's that's definitely different. Uh, again, just just once you go get the book and help support. Uh, well, Sarah, I don't care about Dave. He's got his own things. <laughs> yeah, and really. We're really putting it out like we said. We want other people to carry on our investigation. If they don't, we're going to continue the investigation. We self-funded this, so now we're extremely broke. Besides the book, and I've been doing Afghanistan evacs for a year. I have no savings anymore. So we also want to use the funds from the book to continue. We got, like I said, over 100 attackers. There is actually 150 terrorists involved in the attack, so we do want to complete the list so everybody knows who our enemy is. Well, we know who it is. They're in the White House. It's, it's not just this guy. It's whoever's in the front house, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, this is a uh, we we talk about Afghanistan, everything going on in the Middle East. You know, I mean, now we have Ukraine, and that's in everyone's faces and all over the news. Uh, I mean, we seem to have not only uh, these lovely policies by the United States to, uh, you know, as you said, you know, business as usual, uh, which doesn't always seem to be the best policy. But there, there's this obvious disconnect between whatever the agenda, whatever the business as usual uh, kind of directives come from in terms of, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, now it's like a brown house, but 
uh, you know, this disconnect between the supposed leadership and those who are actually on the ground and those who I believe really want to serve their country. So, I mean, this, this seems to be uh, a long drawn out problem. And I think it's important that people understand too, that as, as we're seeing all these ridiculous things going on in this corruption from the DOJ and, uh, you know, from other branches that, uh, you know, you, you don't just characterize, uh, like the CIA, when people talk about the CIA or the FBI, uh, that it's not as simple as evil black dark organization. Uh, you know, there there are people who uh, who are part of that those agencies, many of them, who are working to serve their country, and they're not being served just as the American people aren't. So I think it's 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 uh you know we're very blessed that you all are carrying on this investigation because the the justice that the people who served on the ground over there as well as those who have been you know effectively victims of a of a psyop and a misinformation campaign to cover up this garbage from uh, whatever branches of the american government who's actually running this it's it's necessary and and uh, the people deserve to know that and the people who uh, have been victims of this deserve that truth to be seen well it is it's what it care about there more that's what it's going to take. Sorry, say that one more time, Tig. You broke up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, it's what it takes is more people like like job who willing to sacrifice career to actually get the book. No, hold on, Tig. This is man, dude. The CIA does not like this. Uh, hang up this call and call back because literally every other word is coming out. <laughs> we are we are witnessing in real time the deep state trying to <laughs> to stop them from actually uh, from actually getting this information out. And but I, I want to encourage all of you, please go, uh, please get this book, read this book. This is going to be on the top of my list uh, when this does come out. So again, it's Benghazi: Know Thy Enemy, a cold ca- case investigation by Sarah Adams and Dave Benton. All right, bringing you back in. All right. I think we can hear you now. Yeah. Uh, No, it's what I was saying. It's what it's going to take is uh, for people that that care about their country more job when the sacrifice. Unfortunately, that's the way it's going to be. I mean, a lot of the whistleblowers that are coming out and doing that, they lose everything. And they really don't get a whole lot out of it, but the country kind of does. But it's just a matter of everybody on standing up and backing them up and supporting them. For the whistleblowers that are coming out that are telling the truth and trying to get the truth out there because the left just don't. I mean, even the right sometimes want to silence. You know, just you know, just like them. You know, the, the politicians coming out and saying I lied about the stand down order. You know, or we lied about the stand down order in Benghazi to sell more books. Well, knowing now that freaking 17 Fed was never even coming, that even tells me more that Bob, that stand-down order, was a true freaking stand-down. It was a military stand-down order, period. But, again, it just takes people like Sarah and, and uh, Dave to, you know, again, just to sacrifice everything they have to come out and tell the truth. That's what it's going to take. Is there any way that people can support you other than buying the book? Really, the key part is once the book comes out, we actually need people to reach out to their congresspersons and say, 
we want you to go detain the attackers in this book. There's, there's a lot of attackers who are actually already in custody. We, we want them to move to the United States government's custody because they're being released in Libya. Libya releases al-Qaeda terrorists all the time. So we want to get our hands on them and put, put them in our jails and do real justice. So we really just want people to support us going after the attackers. You know, we need everyone's support. The reason they haven't gone after the attackers is because the American people haven't cared. They don't care about... They don't know about it. Yeah, and it, yeah, they haven't cared. But think of how often you ask here the Americans who committed the attack. We never ask that question. They go to events all the time. So we do need to get a lot more people passionate about that. I used to say that because I always uh, sponsor us free. That's what I was but I knew Katala wasn't the last one. I thought initially I thought he was the financier, but now I'm oh, no. from you, he wasn't even enough. He's not smart enough to be a financier. <laughs> so actually, so actually, I, I, I actually just got a phone call. They're, they're him again, so I can go back to that trial. Oh, and I'm know. like going, I'm like, no, and I'm definitely not wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I knew he wasn't a mastermind. I thought he was a financier guy. He's very simple. He can't. He, he's a financier. <laughs> he's, he's very simple. <laughs> actually, one of the main financiers of the attack was actually the leader of Al Qaeda um, in the Arab club. They got to get the book. I need the option. I'm not going to. I'm be reading, um, Googling. <laughs> what is that country? <laughs> we'll, we'll get a marine-friendly book, but uh, but we're out of time. I want to pray with you all before we before we close out. But uh, Sarah, Sarah and Dave, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, and again, I want to what you said about uh, people not knowing about it, people not caring. It's really important that everyone listening, you get this book, you share it. Actually, what we want to do is do like a a book launch party. Um, and go through some of some of what's in there once it's uh, once it's out. But I encourage everyone uh, keep an eye. We're gonna make sure that we push out when the book does launch. Uh, but please support the work that Sarah and Dave have been doing. And uh, once you do, uh, just like we've seen how powerful and how important it is for all of us to uh, you know do what work is required of us, just minimally to inform ourselves as to what's actually going on, and then share that truth. Uh, this is one of those those cases, and there are a lot of people who gave their lives, and a lot of people have been affected by this who deserve that. Um, so I just I urge you all to do that. Uh, Sarah and Dave, I'll give you the final word, and then uh, we'll pray. We thank you for having us um, on the show, and we thank you for caring about the cause. You know, it's ten years later. We do want to remember those who who fallen right, but we the best way to remember them is to go seek justice for them. That's what they would have wanted. Yeah, definitely. never forget, never forget um, Benghazi, but also never forget um, 9-11. Amen. Uh, Tig, not that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the last pretty words. I'm good. You're good? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Book. Get the book. All right, well, again, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to speak with you all. And uh, I'm sure as the book uh, launches, uh, I'll pro- I'm going to read it. And I'll, I'll explain. I'll draw some pictures and send them to Tig so he knows what it says. And then I'll probably have some questions for you. So I'm sure we'll, we'll have you back on. I couldn't hear what you said, and I'm sure that's fine. Uh, so don't feel the need to repeat yourself, Tig. Uh, 
but I'll pray with you all. And uh, no, okay, I'm getting. <laughs> uh, Father God, I want to thank you for uh, the work that Sarah and Dave have been doing for the time and energy and money that they've been pouring into this investigation, so that the truth can be known, so that those who have sacrificed can see justice served, so that those who perpetrated this attack, those terrorists who are guilty, that they can see justice, that they can be arrested. I pray that the American government and all of its uh, all of its arms, that they start to truly pursue terrorists. They start to pursue those who are actually guilty of committing horrendous acts, that they turn their energy and their focus towards not the American people, not those who it's politically convenient, not those who would give them good business deals, but those who deserve to see justice, that we can actually start fighting at every level of the American government for the interests of this country and for its people. And we can honor and preserve and protect the lives and the livelihoods and the sacrifices of those who do serve this country. I pray that this book reaches millions of people. I pray that it launches quickly, that the DOD decides that it's time for the truth to see the light of day. And I pray that as we approach September 11th, that everyone remembers, again, those sacrifices and the blessings that we all have in this country. I pray that we reflect on those who have given their lives and we do everything in our power to protect and to remember their sacrifices and to protect this nation and keep America as the greatest country in the world, that we can take our country back and stop this, dis this uh, distortion, this perversion of justice, and that the policies that continue from the United States government, in the military, that they could be focused on preserving life and protecting this great nation. So I want to just bless Sarah and Dave again for their work, that they're blessed with their message, with their research, uh, reaching the American people, and that the American people take action. They reach out to their representatives. They reach out and demand accountability for what happened in Benghazi, and for what has happened on September 11th and in so many other instances. I pray that the, this truth sees the light of day, that it reaches everyone, and that their work is, is time well spent. And I just want to thank them for their sacrifices, thank TIG for his sacrifice, for everything that they gave in defense of this country and in service to all of us. And pray that the future of this nation is guided by your hand, God, by your law, and I pray these things all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, all Sarah, right. Dave. Pleasure. Tig, behave yourself. Good having you on again. I'll think about it. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll think about it. Maybe we'll have Axel on next time. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's made an entrance. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a better face for camera. All right, man. Now. He does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. All right. All right, guys. So uh, definitely check this book out. Uh, I'm very intrigued uh, after hearing everything from them. And uh, this is something that, frankly, none of us know enough about. And, again, it's the same reason why we are not told the truth uh, about 9-11, about what's going on in Ukraine, uh, I mean, about COVID, everything. 
the political powers and the powers that be here in America and in the media are in alignment not for the good of the country, not for the good of the American citizens, but for their own interests. And this uh, case, you know, just what happened in Benghazi and the situation surrounding that, there were lives lost, there were people not served, and this deserves to go, uh, it deserves to go answered, and there needs to be accountability. So get this book. Again, it's called Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy, A Cold Case Investigation by Sarah Adams and Dave Benton. We will, as I said, keep you updated when it does launch. Uh, but uh, pay attention. There's always work to be done, and we are the only ones who are going to do it. So I urge you all to get in the fight. Uh, support people like this by using your dollars to support them and uh, repay some of the dollars and the time and the energy that they have spent invested in bringing us the truth. Uh, so that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily. We will see you on Monday. I pray that you all have an amazing weekend. Uh, pray, make a choice, because it is up to us to, to take this country back. I won't even say save it, but to take this country back. And again, to pay, uh, to pay respect for those who have given their lives. And also remember that the anniversary of 9-11 is coming up in a couple of days. So uh, let that weigh on your heart. Pray for uh, those whose lives were lost and that the American people can see the truth uh, at, at every level. We deserve the truth and we deserve transparency. We deserve authenticity and true elected representation. We deserve our republic to be respected, our constitution honored. Uh, so just bear that in mind. Uh, we will see you Monday. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Remember September 11th. And uh, I pray uh, a hedge of protection over this nation uh, in the coming days that no, uh, no attack may occur, that we may all make it all safe, and that as we approach the election, we just continue with the urgency and the dedication to make sure that this country is driven by the will of the people and no one else. Uh, so God bless you all and good night. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.